What is up, Combo Nation, and welcome to another episode of Combo's Court. Today's show is a New York Knicks-centric episode of Combo's Court. CP the franchise joins in to talk Summer League Grimes, the Jalen Brunson acquisition, and more. Just a fantastic conversation with CP. You could catch CP on Twitter and Instagram at CP the franchise. You know you could catch me on Instagram at 12combo and on Twitter at Combo's Court, same name as the podcast. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Franchise. Welcome back to Combos Court, man. How are things? How are things? How are things? Andrew, man, happy to be back on uh, a long week in Las Vegas, but uh, back in action, man. Happy to be back. I was out there too. We probably missed each other, though. I was there from the 11th to 14th. When were you out there? I was there from the. I was there from. I think the uh, the 10th to the, the 11th to the 15th. Wow, we were there in the building. I didn't see you, man. I was in the building, man. But you know what? I was, I was just, I was all over the place, man. You know, I had a, I had an agenda laid out every day, so I was just kind of just locked in and focused. So I didn't really, you know, unless I ran into people at the stadium, it was kind of, you know, it was kind of hard because I was just in and out. Most definitely. So let's start there. Summer league. Yeah. I mean, the Knicks played great. Actually, the one mm-hmm. game I was watching them, they played terrible, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but overall, they played great. Um, Quentin Grimes, he's one of those guys that you don't give up on because he was one of those five-star guys. I always feel like you could get guys like that in the draft that were once highly touted, but maybe they fell off a little bit and you always know they could get back to that potential eventually. I feel like he falls into that. What did you see from him in summer league and what impressed you about his game? Man, I think the biggest thing that impressed me was just him just being in attack mode. You know, coming out of uh, out of the U of H his floor was was kind of already set, right? You already knew he was going to come in as a three and D guy, but right. uh, at coming out of U of H, he didn't attack much, low free throw attempts, wasn't really putting the ball on the floor as much, and didn't really do so as much in his rookie year. He had some moments there where you know he would play make a little bit here and there, but I kind of wanted to see is he going to take it up a notch? And we certainly saw that in summer league. He wasn't just shooting a three, no, wasn't just pulling up from three and and playing defense, but he was creating for his teammates. He was attacking the basket. He had several games where, you know, he was averaging five, six, seven free throw attempts. And I had a chance to speak to him after the game against Portland. And he, he told me, he said, you know, in the offseason, working with Penny Hardaway, working with uh, Coach Perkins at down in Houston, he wanted to work more with the ball in his hands. You know, what, what, how will he react when defense is running off that three-point line? Because you know that's what they're going to do. That's how they're going to adjust to him in his second year. They know that he's a gun from three. So they're going to they're gonna charge him off that line. How will he, you know, what's his, what's his counter? What's his counter? Can he get his teammates involved? Can he attack the basket? Can he finish 
with efficiency and really just be a, an overall threat out there for his team. And I think this is what we saw in summer league. Made the first team all, all summer league and uh, should have won the MVP. But you know what? Keegan Murray was, was good in his own right. So <laughs> lost out in the MVP race against Keegan Murray. But no doubt, I was very impressed with, with what I saw from Quentin Grimes. Most definitely. When you're a 3 and D guy, especially a quality 3 and D guy, you'll always have a job in the NBA. Do you see even more than that from him? Well, like I said, I think his floor is established, and, and I think it's a good floor to have. Every team can use a guy like Quentin Grimes. This is a guard and a wing league, and I see him as a guy that can guard up to three positions in this league. So he's very valuable, and especially on a rookie deal, what, he's, what he can produce I think it is going to be very, very key, hopefully, for this next team. We'll talk about trades later. But I think he has a bit of room to grow. As I said, we did see that in Summer League, and it's clearly been an area of emphasis for him. So I think he can definitely get there. And, you know, if he's playing on a team with, with you know, other go-to players or other guys that are going to command the ball, I look at him, again, as a baseline, as a low-usage, high-efficiency player, but if he can bring, you know, some more ball handling, some more playmaking, I think it just rounds out his game even more. So the biggest news when it comes to the Knicks as of late has been the signing of Jalen Brunson. What do you feel he brings to this ball club? And do you like the contract? Well, Tom Thibodeau, since he got here, he's always looking for a guard who can put pressure on the rim. Yeah. And that is what Jalen Brunson is going to do. Uh, he's at, as near the tops of the league, 68% shooting at the rim elite, elite mid-range game. And he's a guy, as Tib said, he's he's going to continue to put pressure on that rim. And in Dallas, they ran him on a lot of pick and rolls. I expect the same with uh, with the Knicks. And so he's going to be a guy that's going to get us some scoring. But once he gets inside, you're going to hope you want to hope that he can give you a bit of playmaking as well. Even though his assist numbers were a bit that were a bit low, I think it was about four percent. Keep in mind he was playing with Luka Doncic for a good chunk of the regular season, so that offense was was really centric centered around Luka Doncic. Uh, his assist percentage was still high. You know the percentage of the shots that his team made, uh, a lot of them were were coming off of his hand. So he's a smart player. He's going to score. He's going to look to get his shot, but he can also facilitate and he takes care of the ball. And that's something that I think is going to really be a benefit uh, to this starting five. The contract, look, I think the contract slates out to be about 15th amongst point guards. You, get, you got to pay a, a premium, especially for a position that we hadn't addressed in a long time. A very important position if you don't have that playmaking quality or that leadership quality uh, throughout your starting five. R.J. Barrett is certainly taking a step. Julius Randle, you know, he's, he's shown that that's not really his role. I think he needs to be more of a supporting cast rather mm -hmm. than an engine. I think what Brunson can be is that engine and provide some stability to your starting five by manning the helm at the point guard position. You know, we ran Kemba Walker. That experiment wasn't good. Alec Burks, not a point guard, more of a utility guy, more of a scorer. And so we just hadn't had any type of stability to really get this offense going. And I think that's what Brunson is going to bring to this team. Brunson definitely brings that ISO scoring, but he does it a little bit more efficiently than maybe right. Randall or RJ, right? Much more efficiently. And especially at the rim, you know, Randall and RJ, you know, below 50% at the rim. Brunson's going to come in and, and like I said, 68% at the rim. Very, very efficient. And, and uh, in the mid-range, extremely efficient. You know, we're talking 90th percentile in the short mid-range. I mean, some of his numbers uh, below the arc are comparable to, you know, some some all-star superstars in his league. And he yeah. hasn't even made an all-star team. 
And so, and, and if you go around and listen to some of the sound bites, you read some of the tweets from his peers in the league, he's a highly respected player. You know, a lot of fans might be down on him because he's, he's short, he's six foot one, never made an all-star team. But I always like guys that come out of Villanova for some reason that they, good pros, well good pros. Jay Wright does a great job in that program. They come steady hand, very sharp IQ leaders that, you know, there's, there's, there's a good, there's a good quality from that crop of, of Villanova players. And I think Brunson certainly fits that, that mold. What did you feel about his media availability or lack of media availability? Media was not allowed in the building. What was that all about? Oh, man. Let me tell you something. This this whole thing was stirred up into a controversy even a day after the thing finished. But I think two things, and this is just me putting it out there, not, not having any you know facts behind it. I think, number one, with the Donovan Mitchell trade kind of being a cloud over this organization, I think they didn't want to put him on the spot to be answering any questions Ooh, about you know, potential teammates and things of that nature. You, you don't want to put him on the spot. And then I think primarily the Knicks are most likely going to be under a tampering investigation by the league in terms of how this Brunson deal came about. I don't think it's fair. I think it's obvious that once they hired his father as, as an assistant coach, the relationship that they all have with Leon Rose, Tom Thibodeau and CAA, it was obvious that the Knicks were going to be, a, a candidate for his services. And, and if they ponied up the money, they were going to get him. I think it was that simple. So given that they're going to be under investigation for tampering, these tampering investigations typically drag into the year. I don't think the Knicks wanted to, to really put him under that media spotlight where you would have guy, you know, reporters and stuff kind of asking him roundabout ways in terms of how the deal came about, how he, how he, you know, met with the Knicks. When did he meet with the Knicks? I don't think they wanted that type of atmosphere around him. So I thought, I thought it was a good gesture. He had his family there, his friends. You had the season ticket holders get a, a photo op. Some got autographed jerseys. I thought it was fine. I, I thought for those reasons, they didn't make him available to the media. Now you have media day coming up when, when training camp starts. I'm sure they'll, they'll have give media access. But for that moment, I, I didn't mind it. He's very excited. He's calling it a family affair. You yeah, mentioned <laughs> you mentioned Donovan Mitchell. Uh -huh. So my question to you is, should R.J. Barrett be considered untouchable in any trade scenario? In this instance, yes. Because I think that the point is you want to bring in Donovan Mitchell to play with um, some talent here. And I think R.J. Barrett is certainly that. The Knicks are going to end up extending R.J. On, on his rookie extension. I don't think he'll get the max extension, but they're going to end up extending him. He's a guy that's improved in his, his scoring average from 14 to 17 to 20. No, he hasn't been the most efficient. His efficiency numbers have dropped. His catch-and-shoot numbers dropped from his sophomore year to uh, his third year. He had the ball in his hands a lot more. His usage did go up. But nevertheless, he's a talent that you want to continue to build here with. They drafted him third, homegrown talent. He wants to be here. You want to pair Donovan Mitchell with a guy like that. You don't want to swap them for a lateral move or something that's going to take you backwards because you still have to put in some draft picks there. So in this case, I would make an, um, an untouchable player because you, you want you know, talented guys to be playing together. You, you, you want your team to, to be run by a 1A, a 1B, a 2 and, and so on and so forth as, as you try to build for a championship. So there's no doubt I want RJ here if they're going to go get uh, Donovan Mitchell. So in your opinion, it should be no deal if RJ. None. None. No Not deal. Going. Yeah. I don't think it makes sense. 
you know, because don't, you don't you don't feel like it moves the needle enough just to have Donovan there with no RJ. No, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. You know, and it's not to say that he comes here and, and they're automatically a fifth seed or fourth seed. I think th- this team is still going to need to some molding when he gets here. But I'd rather mold that team with a Donovan Mitchell, with an R.J. Barrett than without R.J. And then you just bring in Donovan and have to figure it out from there. You know, he's the number three pick. Plus, you're talking about potentially putting in five or six draft picks on top of that. that that's a lot to ask for. Yeah. Did you ever put thought into what would be a good trade for both sides? Like, what do you see happening here if you had to take your crystal ball out? Well, Utah, clearly they're rebuilding, right? So based on what you're hearing, they want more picks. If you look at the Gobert trade, they got basically five first-round picks and salary filler. You know, that, I mean, that messed up the market for everybody. Man. Big time, big time. <laughs> but but none of those players that they got from, from Minnesota are really valuable to Utah. They're more valuable to the Timberwolves than they are to the Jazz. And so I think they want to continue that route. I think they want to tank it up and, and uh, go get Victor, the, the number one prospect in, in next year's draft. And so I would have to think that if they're not going to go after an RJ Barrett, then it's more picks that they're after. So I would think, you know, is it six picks? You put an Evan Fournier in there for salary purposes. And then unfortunately, I think a guy like a Quentin Grimes, who we spoke about a guy who, you know, yes, still a, a young talent with some upside that you would want to, you know, build your team with. I think he's going to be an attractive candidate in this package. If you can't get R.J. Barrett, I think a Quentin Grimes, it's going to come down between Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin, either one of the one or two of those players, or two of the three. And I think Quentin Grimes is, is going to be a piece that Utah will certainly want to look at. Yeah, what young players for the Knicks are you really excited about? Yeah. Oh, they, we got Obi, we got Quickly, we got Grimes. We talked about Grimes a little bit, but who are you really excited about? I mean, RJ's still young, but yeah, who do you really have your eyes on to be able to really help this team in the future? Well, definitely Grimes. Uh, RJ, as I said, I like Obi, but it depends on, on what you do with Julius Randle. I like Obi as a guy who can start and not as a guy who's going to come off the bench for 15 minutes. He just does things that you don't have on this team. It's leaking out in transition, uh, being able to, to his passing ability, his mm. athleticism. Yeah, you know, we, we don't we don't have that. His the, the energy that he that he brings to this team is is just unmatched. And they drafted him with the eighth pick, but he's been blocked by, by Julius Randle. And so when Julius went out, we saw Obi at his potential, not his fullest potential, but we saw him take it up a notch because he didn't as he as he said himself, he didn't have to look over his shoulder when he makes a mistake and then all of a sudden, you know, Julius is back and Obi's out. He could be free. He could play freely. And I think the Knicks need to play with more pace, more speed, get out and transition, get out and run. And that's what, that's why I like what Obi Toppin can bring to this team. So, you know, if you bring in a a Mitchell, you bring in a Brunson, adding an Obi who, you know, again, is going to leak out in transition is going to move well without the ball cut uses athleticism to, to make plays for you. I think that's, he's, he's a nice, piece to add to that core so Obi's really a guy that you know next to Grimes I, I'd be it'd be tough to lose do you feel like there's a trade market for Julius Randle right now and would you like to see the Knicks hold on to him yeah not not really I don't, yeah. I don't think there is much of a trade market for him I, I don't think he I don't think he's been an untouchable player for them even though they have a relationship with him and and you know he obviously he has ties his agent is CAA he has ties to the organization 
Um, they rewarded him with the max contract. I still don't think he's been an untouchable player. Uh, I think if there was a worthwhile trade for them that helped them improve the team, they would have made it. But I think at this point to trade him with his contract, you know, his, his, his extension doesn't kick in until this upcoming season. So now you're talking about four years on his deal. I don't think they would do that because it most likely would cost them draft capital to get rid of him because he's coming off of a year where yes, he averaged 20 and nine, but uh, you know, the turnovers, the bad decision-making, the efficiency, right? To the some efficiency. Degree. Yeah. The defense, the, the, you know, the I mean the, the thumbs up or the thumbs down to the crowd the thumbs down. So I don't think yeah. he yeah. put a good uh, resume, a good highlight reel out there for himself this past season. I just don't. So I think it's going to take him some time to repair that. I, I still am curious if they do get, get spider and then they have Brunson here. Yes. It's a lot of guys who need the ball. I am curious to see, you know, can Julius be a role player off of another talent that's clearly better than him? We haven't seen that yet. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, think about that crew right there. If they get to keep RJ and Julius, Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, Julius Randall, RJ Barrett, a lot of guys that like to have the basketball. That's right. Yeah, I, I, it's a tough mix. It's a tough. That's why I said Obi to me would be better pairing with that group because you don't have to dump it down to him. He could still get 15, eight boards by just, you know, just being an energy guy and, and just having the ball find him and spacing the floor for you a little bit. He did shoot the three a lot better to close out the season uh, last year. So, you know, the Julius thing is a bit tricky because we haven't seen him since he's been with the next three years. He's been the highest usage guy. He's been the guy. You dump yeah. it at him, he makes the place for everybody else. But we haven't seen when you actually bring in a talent that's actually better than him, how he plays off of that talent. Can he stay engaged if he doesn't have the ball in his hands? How will his ego handle that? You know, you're the number one guy in New York for three years, man. How do you all of a sudden take a back seat to that? That's human nature. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I know one thing, though. I don't think Danny Age is really excited about getting Julius Randle, right? No, I don't. I don't see it. I don't yeah. see it. Like I said, because the Fournier deal, I believe, would be because it, there's a team option at the end of that deal. So it's, I think it's really a two-year deal rather oh, okay. than three. For Randall, his, his, his extension is just kicking in. So that's four years. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. not the direction they're going in right I now. I don't think that's the direction they're going in. I don't think they want to take on long-term salary. And that's another reason why R.J. Barrett may not yeah. be going to them because you trade for him, then you have to negotiate that rookie extension for him which would be four or five years. So Danny Ainge has no time for that right now. <laughs> he's, he's not doing that, man. All right. I'm going to ask you a little bit of the off the wall type question. Cause I was on a Kings podcast shouts to deuce and Mo, And I asked them this for their team. So I'll ask this for your team yeah. on a minimum contract. Would you like to see Russell Westbrook on the New York Knicks? No chance. No chance. Why not? Uh, this, this is not the team for him. It's not the team for him. Uh, you know, Brody, you know, look, look what he showed with the Lakers last year, man. The shooting was 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 off off the wall. That, that whole Laker deal was just terrible. Anybody, Stevie Wonder could have seen that. That was never going to work. It's man. so true. I talk about this all the time. Like, people talk about, like, NBA Twitter this, NBA Twitter this. NBA Twitter was absolutely right when it came to Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Ease. The, the day it was announced, I was like, this is never going to work. No chance. 
and and it blew up on him. To me, this is this is not the environment for Westbrook. If if we had, let's say, you had a lineup of um, some floor spacers, some some low usage, high efficiency player, then okay, okay, bring Westbrook at, at the point, let him run his Westbrook game, get his triple doubles, kick it out, get you some guys that could get you some shots off his bounce. But you know, we already have RJ and Julius here, who aren't efficient shooters. Now you, you have Brunson. I don't see how Westbrook would, would fit with the Knicks. Uh, I just don't see it. You know, I, I don't see it. What mode would you like to see the Knicks in this season? Tank mode, you said you liked Wemby. I think Wemby's one of the best draft prospects probably in the last 10 years. Um, obviously, Knicks fans are impatient. They want to see their team win. Yeah. I mean, we got to be honest. They're not going to be legit title contenders. So what mode do you feel the Knicks will be for this upcoming season? I think they're going to be in compete mode. It's definitely not going to be in tank mode because of the way that not, not just the, not even the Brunson acquisition. I mean, last year showed you that they weren't bad enough to be in tank mode. That's true. You know, true. They, they weren't good enough to make the playoffs, but they weren't bad enough either because, you know, guys can still play. RJ had his moments, 11 games of 30 plus Julius even had his moments, especially on the wet, when they went out West, you know, RJ and Julius going in against the Lakers going off in, in LA. Um, the, the young guys, Grimes, uh, IQ played well. Obi Toppin played well. Fournier played well. Broke the, broke the three-point record for the Knicks. So they weren't, they weren't bad enough, you know, to be attacking team. And so I think this is why I would take a swing on a Donovan Mitchell because right now you're kind of teetering where it's like you're just not good enough to be a legit playoff team, but you're not bad enough to really to, to even go near a, a Wemby in the draft that's Sam Presti territory, right? right. <laughs> Sam Presti territory. Like I was telling this story on my show. Uh, I was talking to someone in the league at summer league and we were watching Giddy and, uh, and, and, and Chet Holmgren running up and down and, and what a combo that that's looking like it's going to be in the future, but that's, they're going to be too good to tank. They're going to, right. Well, you think so? You think yeah. Because what Chet provides as a rib protector, I think that makes yeah. all the difference and that's the true. offense is going to be good. That's true. And you got Dort coming back. You got SGA. That offense is going to have some potential, man. It, it really yeah. is. I mean, really. SGA was at a point where he wasn't even letting them take at one point. Like, they have to shut yeah. him down sometimes. Imagine with right. Chet. I mean, Chet is going to fit in there nicely. I think he has the highest upside. I don't think he'll win Rookie of the Year, but I think he's impact yeah. right away. Yeah, yeah. And I was curious, you know, Orlando's decision to go Paolo, even though Paolo had a great showing at some of Bro, them. Bro, have you Seriously. seen Paolo's uh, Chris Brickley videos recently? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Bro, that does it doesn't look real. He's, like, it really does. It, it looks like a created player in those videos. You know, the thing is, like, when you're watching these guys, and we do it all the time, man, with Duke players and Kentucky players, and they're on these teams that, first of all, you have to play within the team scheme, whatever the coach's system that he's running. And then you're also playing with so much talent and so much depth. You never really see the yes. true skill set of that player. You know what? Sometimes you have to go back to high school to see the Yeah, that's set. right. That's right. You never really see what that guy can really be until he gets in that NBA, gets in with that NBA spacing, and they right. dump it down to him like, yo, go make a play. And and Paolo was unreal in summer league, man. He looked great. Keegan Murray, same way. They, they look good, man. Most definitely. Good. CP, thank you so much for taking the time. You're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find you, man? 
Uh, you're a lot of places right now. You're everywhere. So you're <laughs> everywhere. Right. Uh, YouTube.com slash KnicksFanTV. We have KnicksFanTV on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram under CP the franchise as well, man. So uh, always appreciate the time, Andrew. Anytime you want me on, just let me know, man. I definitely will. It's always great having you on. Thanks so much for taking the time and talk soon. Appreciate it, man. There it is. Another episode of Combo's Court. Big shouts to C. P, the franchise for joining in. Always appreciate you. Combo Nation, thank you for tuning in. Share this episode. Share with a friend. Share it on social media, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Share it on your IG stories and tag me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Be on the lookout for the next episode of Combo's Court. Combo, out.